and welcome back to another Club Sports 10 Bit More podcast. In this edition, I'm taking a bit of a diversion. Instead of meeting up with a coach, I've invited in Stefan Daniel. Stefan, some may know, is a Paralympic silver medalist, a young guy who I used to run with many, many years ago in Cochrane. And it's great to bring him in and have a perspective on his development as a triathlete and also how he plans to get through this pandemic, bear in mind that he was hoping to go to the Tokyo Olympics. And following the interview, I found out it was just four years ago that he went to Rio and he competed for Canada in triathlon, gaining his silver medal. So welcome, Stefan. I really want to start by going back to your childhood sporting career. How would you describe it? Yeah, no, it, uh, I started out pretty young. So I started when I was eight years old. I was a very active kid. I did swimming and soccer when I was young. And I, that was kind of how I made my social circle. Um, that's where I made all my friends. Uh, you know, we always, after school, we would go and play sports. And I think it was just a huge part of my life right from a young age. Yeah, again, I can remember even coaching you with the boys in Cochrane for soccer. And seeing the, the amount of effort and work ethic that you put into the game there. Obviously, you never took that on as a career. You went down another route with triathlon. But I want to quickly also reflect on who was your greatest influence in sport growing up? Yeah, I think uh, my greatest influence um, actually was my brother. He, growing up um, with a disability, um, I always, you know, thought I could never, you know, do, do whatever my peers were doing. Uh, you know, I couldn't play soccer or anything like that at the same level uh, because, you know, I have a shorter arm. But my brother, who has cerebral palsy, um, showed up every day to swim. We swam together. He showed up every day, biggest smile on his face. And even though he had a disability, he was always the hardest working one in the club. And I think that really rubbed off on me. And I said, you know what? You know, I just have something that I have to deal with. And this is something I can move past. And that's why I was able to, you know, swim with my peers, uh, played basketball in junior high school. I just didn't limit myself. And that was all because of him. Yeah. And, you know, again, you're being honorable there. I think both of you could probably beat me in the pool, even with the disabilities. So don't, don't talk yourselves down. But it does. And again, I know Christian was a great one out there swimming in that. And it links to my next question about graft or luck. What does it take for, to attain success? Not just a journey, but to actually overcome that, that and gain that final success or the ultimate goal for you? Yeah, obviously you need you know, a little bit of both. You know, obviously you need some luck as well. Um, but I think for the biggest thing for me was just that, you know, I didn't, I didn't look at as sport as, you know, like a job when I was young. I just, I just loved having fun. And I think if you really enjoy something, uh, you're going to work hard and have success. And if you're passionate about something, you'll have success. So I think that, you know, just having that drive from a young age and just enjoying what I do and having fun with it has been a huge reason why I've been successful and why I've been able to stay in the sport so long. So thanks for that, Stefan. And obviously, standing in the sport, you would have come up against big challenges and setbacks, moments of self-doubt even. Can you share some of the strategies that you may have used to navigate through those? Yeah, those, those were tough. Again, that was um, a huge influence for my brother getting through those. I had those days where I was like, you know what? Why am I even bothering? Like, I'm not as, not as fast in the pool as, you know, Connor Mathesing or whoever, another Cochrane kid who went on to swim for the UFC Dinos and you know, I had a you know tight group growing up. I always thought I was kind of second class to them. Um, so that was definitely a challenge. But again, you know, seeing my brother's work ethic, um, seeing what he did every day to prepare himself, I said, you know what, why am I limiting myself? Um, I can't control what my peers do. I can control what, how to make the best of myself. And yeah, every day you have those doubts. That's normal for any athlete. But I think just focusing on what you can control, it can get you through a lot of them. 
I love that. And so staying in the moment, the ability to keep focus is a key strategy for you. And I know even within my own experiences and working with many athletes, everyone will experience those moments of self-doubt when maybe the going gets tough. And one of the strategies that I've certainly used with a lot of athletes and teams is the making of positive reinforcement bracelets. And anyone who knows me would have seen on my wrist, I've got three bracelets from the three times that I'd represented Canada at the Ironman World Championships. These are again to remind me on those tough days that I do have the ability to keep going. And I think that is one of the key tools for many athletes to keep a treasure trove of when you have overcome adversity. I think that's something that's actually that I've kind of changed in the past you know, four years. Um, when I was a younger athlete, before you know, Rio and even during Rio, I was always an outcome-focused guy. Like I'd always say, you know what, if I don't do such and such, if I don't have such and such result at a race, the training wasn't worth it. Um, and I would get way, way too caught up in what my competitors were doing and how fit they were. And I wasn't focusing on making the best of myself. And I think that really showed, especially in Rio. Um, I wasn't, that whole race, I was not focused on what I was doing. I was focused on where are my competitors, how fast are they biking or running. And I think it just, it got away from me. And I think since then I've matured a bit. I said, you know what, I know those athletes are strong. And they're going to be putting a good effort on the day, but I need to focus on making myself better and giving myself the best chance to win. And I think that, you know, focusing on what you can focus on, I think that that's the biggest thing. That's why I've had success uh, since Rio. So it's staying in the moment. Again, I know, you know, when you're looking at our nine-man race, there's some real bad patches in there, but most of the guys that come through um, do focus. I know when I, when I go and compete, I focus just on what I'm doing. I've had people draft, suggest that I draft them, follow them, and I just can never do that. I just have to focus on my day and see what it brings at the end of the day. And so my question, Stefan, is how hard was that lesson to learn? The one that says, stay in the moment, don't worry about the outcome, let's get through this. Yeah, no, it was tough. You, you, you definitely need to learn the hard way with that one. Um, if you, I've had races you know, where I have a strategy, and then because some guy has tried to make a break on the bike, then I go with them, and then that kind of screws up my day. So I think, especially with you know, non-drafting racing that you know, we do in triathlon, it, you literally are by yourself the entire time, and you're going to get to the finish quickest if, you, if you're focusing on what's best for you. So I think that's you know, a tough lesson. You gotta, that comes through race experience. That just comes through time. And it's something that I've, I've had to learn, um, but I think I've finally you know, got the hang of it. So again, it is, it's really learning that switch. And that's the next question I want. I mean, obviously triathlon is a very mental sport. Um, what are the main mental skills that you draw on in your racing and your training even? I think the, the main thing I try to focus on is you know, composure. I'm, you know, I had, you know, pretty, I used to get pretty, you know, worked up before racing and I'd just be tense and everything like that. Um, I think that just, you know, st keeping yourself calm, you know, if something happens and, you know, triathlon is one of those sports that it's impossible to have, you know, the perfect race. So, you know, whether you got a flat tire or you have a bad dismount or you're not feeling great on the run, I think that just, you know, staying in the moment and just calming yourself down and just reminding yourself of the, this is, this is okay. Just do the best you can. I think just having those mental reinforcements to the race is like a huge part of it. So, so quickly leading on from that, I've said this in other podcasts, most athletes and coaches have a, a drive, a fight, a desire, a reason for going. Obviously Christian's been a great motivation for you on those dark, tough moments. What's, what's your fight? What, what drives you through? Yeah, it's, there's, there's a lot of different things for sure. Um, I'd say first and foremost, it's just, you, 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 you always do think about, you know, the feeling of like crossing the finish line. Um, 
you know, in, in triathlon, whenever you race, you have a good result. That last 100 meters, you know you've done well. You think, wow, it, it all makes sense now why I put myself through all this stuff. So on those tough days, I always think to myself, you know what, this is what truly pay off. Everyone can you know, work hard when they're feeling good, but the days where you're not having it, you just say, you know what, like, this can get me over the top and this is where it really counts. So yeah, triathlon, it's not, a, it's not an easy sport. A lot of sports aren't, you know, you have those, those tough days, but those are the ones that truly make you better. So would you say, because I know I've used it, visualization and seeing, again, not necessarily the outcome, but the finish, the, you know, crossing that finish line. I've done many a lonely run where the last 1K I've seen the finish line that's drawn me through to the, the visualization of where my training's going to take me. Yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely do uh, do some visualization. Um, you know, triathlon, yeah, many different scenarios can play out on the day. And, you know, if you've lived them in your head, um, you know, you'll know how to respond to them. You know, if you think about yourself, for example, getting a flat tire, but you've gone through it in your head, you'll stay calm, you'll go change it, everything's okay. And yeah, obviously, when you're, you know, finishing a race, and you just, you know, those those last moments of just pure relief, when you, when you've had a good day, it just, it just all makes sense. That's, that's just always been my driving factor. Um, but yeah, no, definitely visualization is super important. So again, I love the idea of identifying the potential pitfalls or the barriers in order to manage to deal with them. And one of the things that I've often said about when you finish a race, I know when I cross the line, I've very rarely got anything left, but within five minutes, I'm thinking that was good. I'm thinking of all the positive aspects. Mm-hmm. Within 20, 30 minutes, I'm thinking I'm in my next race, where as I cross that line, I, I probably can't move again. So again, it's, there's that goal setting as well. How long do you plan out your season? So do you have a complete season planned out or... When do you start refocusing on the next race? Yeah, so usually at the beginning of the year, I'll sit down with my coaches and all the staff and we'll plan, you know, certain races to do and targeting certain races and what races to train through. So we have all that planned. And then, you know, when I focusing on like the next race, I try not to think too far ahead. I just take it one race at a time. And then, you know, after a race, good or bad, you know, I enjoy it, you know, for the rest of the day or, you know, ponder about it for the rest of the day. But as soon as the next day switches, I'm refocused completely and not thinking about the day before and I'm, I'm moving on to the next one. So I think it's triathlon. It's you know, important. If you're having tough days, it's important to have a short memory and I think that having small goals is actually much more attainable than, you know, having a long-term only focusing on long-term stuff. Yeah. I like that. And so again, looking back, if you could change one thing in your development, what was the one thing that you changed that you think would have accelerated your performance? Yeah, it's, I think that, I think it was pretty good. I think that the biggest thing for me was just when I was young, you you play a bunch of different sports. Like you don't, I, I think the biggest thing for me was I didn't specialize early in triathlon. I developed a lot of other skills playing, you know, soccer, playing basketball, playing all these sports. I think I didn't limit myself by doing that. Obviously I maybe like I started triathlon relatively late Um, at 16. I got into it competitively, but I think that my development and you know all these different skills that you develop from all these different sports was actually perfect. And I see a lot of athletes, you know, that you know they're full on swimming when they're eight, nine years old, and they're burnt out by the time they're thirteen. So I think yeah. that when you're young, keep it fun, do a bunch of different sports. Don't worry about getting too serious. Then when the time comes and you know what you want to do, then specialize. But I've just seen way too many athletes burn out, and it's it's sad. It's it's interesting because a lot of the coaches that I've spoken to have 
come from similar backgrounds where we've experienced multi-sport and there's a push for that. But certainly in Canada, you can see sports specialization, even in soccer where I'm working, a lot of players are being pushed through that. Question, is it still fun? Yeah, no, no, I, it's still fun. Obviously, there's the days where it's not at all. But overall, it, it Toronto gives me a really big sense of accomplishment. And it's, I still have a blast like training with my peers. That's my social group. Those are the people I'm closest with. We have so much in common. And I'm lucky to have such great training groups. Um, they push me every day. They get me through those tough days. And I always you know, enjoy, as bad as it sounds, I like getting up at 5 a.m. because I know I get to train with a great group in the morning. And it's going to be fun. And we're going to push each other. And you know, we'll leave feeling good about ourselves. So I think it's fun. A lot, you know, the sport's fun, but I think uh, the peers are really what makes it great. No, and I love that because, again, a lot of people see when you do make it, I, I see a lot of athletes burn out because they're chasing the outcome and it becomes a chore. You know, whether you're Lionel Messi or Steve Nash, you've got to still enjoy what you're doing in order to excel. What is the main mental skills that you use in your training and development at the moment then? You know, we've mentioned visualization and maybe goal setting. What would you say is the key mental skill that's helped you develop? I think um, touching back on what we talked before is just like staying in the moment. Um, Sometimes, yeah, before in racing, I would, you know, if if I was on the swim, I'd be thinking about the run. So I think that, you know, staying in the moment, doing what, making the most out of the present moment you're in is the biggest thing. And then also just calming myself down before races. I have certain mental techniques that, you know, me and my sports psychologist have uh, talk through that just helped me relax for a race, de-stress, all that type of stuff. And I think those like sports psychologists are, are very important for sport, especially at the top level. They can give you, you know, that edge that you need just to, you know, calm yourself, all that stuff. And I think that, yeah, just having a calming influence has been, you know, really big for me. So if I can delve in a little bit, because I know how I prepare for a race and I sort of switch off. I don't think of what I'm going to do. I just think of the first boy. What's your pre-race performance routine? Yes, there's, um, I don't really have, you know, superstitions per se. I'd always, you know, the morning of a triathlon is always the same. Have the same breakfast, which is just a bagel and, you know, banana and peanut butter. You know, go to the race course. I set up my transition. I go walk to this mountain line, walk back to my bike. I just have certain routine, things like that. And then, you know, at, at the swim start, definitely same as you. I'm, I'm just thinking about getting to the first buoy and then, you know, I'll deal with other stuff when I get to it. That, that's out of my control right now. And I'll, focus on that later but I think in you know before a race just reminding myself of all the training I've done and no matter how I'm feeling the training is going to show and just just encouraging yourself and reminding yourself that I think those are the biggest ones for me keeping that positive mindset and I know talking to some athletes they 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 always worry whether they've done enough and for me I've always expressed that race day is the icing on the cake the cake is made before and no matter what you've done before you can only deliver you know, I've seen it in race week where people are doing really mad amounts of training and it's not going to change their time too much. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's the same in any sport, whether you're playing soccer, basketball, once you get to race day, it's the icing on the cake to show off well, how far you've come. Quickly, what personal goals have you got for the future? Obviously, you had Tokyo this year. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully, that's going to be deferred to next year. Yep. You know, in life in general, I'm you know, in school right now, trying to get a business degree at the UFC. Um, in sport, obviously, I was focused on the Tokyo Paralympics, and that's still number one priority. That's all I'm focused on right now. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, if I, if I can win that next year, then 
um, I might change my goals a bit. Um, I've talked with my coaches, but maybe doing some able-bodied racing, um, whether it be in the ITU stuff with the draft legal athletes or in maybe some longer course stuff, maybe 70.3. That's, that stuff I'll need to talk over and, and see, but I think I always like kind of switching it up, but right now I'm just focused on, you know, my getting my degree and trying to win in Tokyo. Those are my two goals in life right now. So again, you're following a similar path to the Brownies where they race short distance, achieve success there, and obviously they're moving into longer distances now. And you're looking to change the silver to a gold. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be awesome. It's, uh, you know, I was, I was proud of my race in Rio. I, I gave everything I could on the day. You know, Martin Schultz is just the better athlete. Can't, you know, can't knock him. He deserved that, absolutely. Um, you know, finishing second. And I wasn't overly stoked with my day. And, but I was still proud of that silver because um, I had to fight for it. I was, I was coming off the bike, not even in a podium position. So I really had to fight for that. And I was really proud of my effort. But obviously getting second is, you know, motivating. Um, you're like, oh, what if, what if I did this? What if I did this? And you have those thoughts and, you know, I've been pretty motivated since. So how's the training going to go for you? I mean, if this keeps getting delayed, how, how's this changing your mindset? You know, you're, you're set for this year and now it's being put back and everyone's trying to get racing out there and there's not many races to, to keep that edge. How do you keep mm-hmm. motivated? Yeah, this is kind of where, like, did it? This part has really tested people's true love for the sport. And I think that actually this whole pandemic has, you know, it's actually been kind of a good thing for me. Um, the no racing just made me like realize how much, you know, I, I do the sport, not for the racing. I do it for, you know, people I meet, um, you know, the, like I just enjoy being outdoors. I enjoy being active and it's kind of gotten back to that. I just enjoy working hard. Yeah. I think that's just been a nice kind of refreshing change. And I've just been motivated just because I just like what I do and, that's been awesome. Obviously, the racing will add some motivations uh, soon. But again, like I, I, I feel like now I, I don't even need racing to stay motivated. I just like the sport that much. And I'm, I'm happy that I was able to kind of get this little, little break from racing even. No, and I think looking across all sports, it's one of the key characteristics of a champion is the, that passion and desire to, to go and compete is the thing that stands them out. One final question. If you had a magic wand especially coming through COVID, what is the one thing you would change in sport in general? So not maybe triathlon, anything. What is the one thing that you think would uh, enable sports to come out strong and be more supportive to everyone? I think that just keeping more inclusive in, in the grassroots level, you know, just invite kids, whatever their abilities are, just to be active and get into sport. Because, you know, I think that, you know, sport can give people a lot in their lives and give them a sense of confidence and a sense of accomplishment, all that stuff towards like, you know, the higher level stuff. Uh, you know, what I've seen has been pretty good, um, especially on the Paris side, like the Paralympic is growing, that's becoming more popular. The sport organizations are doing a great job promoting it. And I think that just, I just hope that, that it continues to grow and it continues to build. And maybe one day, hopefully it'll be on the same playing field as the Olympics. So more recognition and support for the endeavor that any athlete is putting forward regardless of exactly. where they've come from. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much for your time today, Stefan. It's been great catching up with you again. I know there's a lot of people like me watching from afar and seeing the great successes that you're having within triathlon. And I've actually seen you race an able-bodied triathlon and I know you've got a lot to offer. So also thank you for bringing up that need for inclusion in sport once we get out of COVID. You know, we need to embrace everyone. It needs to be more accessible and inclusive. So thank you for reiterating the importance of sport to you. Again, if anyone has any questions, to put to Stefan or myself in regards to this podcast and just reach out to me and we'd love to get your feedback. Let's all wish Stefan all the best for the Tokyo Olympics. Mm-hmm.